You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Okay, professional certifications for scientists. Has anybody heard of that yet, by any chance? <laughs> A couple people. Yeah, you were. All right. Let me pull up my notes real quick here. I forgot I was chairing and not just presenting here. Okay. All right, so I'm just going to start, um, give you a little bit of background. I, and this is not a unique idea by any means, but um, I, I know I've been thinking about it for a long time. And about a year ago, I finally found a, a group of people that could possibly help bring this thing to uh, fruition. But, um, and, and that's what I'm going to talk about next. So, and I'll give you some other stuff uh, near the end here of the presentation. So first off, I'll get into what we are later, professional certification for scientists, and what that actually means. But let me talk about why we set this up first. So since NHPA 1966, what created most of CRM jobs, um, and by the way, first off, I talk from a CRM reference, but this is applicable to anybody working in archaeology, and eventually all field sciences, um, environmental field sciences. So anyway, we've had a need for some sort of unified training and certification program for archaeology in particular. You know, lots of, um, lots of things, uh, industries have a training and certification program, like you know, hairstylists, people who cut nails and hair, you know, things like that. They all have their training programs and certifications and licensing programs, but we don't have that for archaeology. We have that sort of on a permitting basis for different agencies and things like that, but um, it's not something that's uh, unified and universal across the country. So, and, and different things have come along uh, over the years. Different, different people have tried to do different things, but it's never stuck around, clearly because we don't have it today. There's no there's no letters after my name except for degrees that say, you know, except for RPA, which I'll get into RPA in a minute. Um, so why do we need training and cert certification? Um, let's get into this a little bit. So training, in our mind, uh, archaeological training in particular here early on, helps fill the gaps between college and field work. Um, I, a lot of this is born out of a, a book I wrote, which I can talk about later at our booth, but it's really about the basics of what we do in field work. And for CRM archaeologists in particular, it's not only just archaeology. Like, I, I'll never forget, I took a field school in Africa, and we did things a little differently out there. But it counted as a field school for getting me my first CRM job, because that's all they required was a pulse, a degree, and a field school. So, and, and I remember the field director saying, you know your way around a shovel, right? And I was like, yeah, I've used one before. That was pretty much my interview. So I'll never forget, it was an ongoing project. And I didn't know how to use the standing shaker screens. I'd never used one before. We used different screens in Africa. And I just, I was supposed to be screening for this one guy. Uh, we were partnered up. And I just waited until somebody went to the screening pile and just kind of watched them out of the corner of my eye while I'm trying to do something else. And I had no idea how to do it, you know? So there's actually a chapter in my book about how to use a standing shaker screen. So nobody has to go through that again. But this is what I'm talking about. These little things that you don't necessarily learn in college, including things that you do learn in college. Um, Another example I have is, uh, you know, my wife and I, we shovel bummed across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast because, let's face it, we were on the East Coast, so we had to get the heck out of there. So we came across the country, and you can't just go to the Great Basin or the Southwest or something like that unless you know somebody. You have to have regional experience. Well, the only way we could do that was to basically sell all our stuff, get rid of our apartment, buy a truck, put everything in it, and we worked from South Carolina in adjacent states over the course of a year until we made it to Nevada, and then we stayed here. Um, but one of the states I can think of in particular, we were going to this uh, project in Ohio, and I didn't know anything about Ohio archaeology. And we got hired on there. 
it wasn't starting for two weeks. And so I went to Amazon and I bought a couple books on Ohio archaeology, plowed through those just to try to figure out what the heck are we going to be finding? What what kind of people live there? What were they doing? You know, what's what what the heck is a mound? What does that mean? You know, had to figure all that stuff out. There wasn't any sort of resource I could go to. Um, you know, Shippo has background context and things like that, which are really good resources, but not all of them do, and not all of them are very good. So there's no one resource I can go to and say, teach me about X and do it in a really quick way because I don't have any time. So. Um, it's just that from our, from our assessment of the situation, the practical, practical demands of the field are not being met. So, um, and another short example I have is from working in South Carolina, we had a project manager hired who went from high school to undergrad, graduate degree, my boss, and she didn't know how to use a compass. So, you know, we're on a CRM project and she has no, and she didn't want to ask or say anything, just like me with the screen, so I totally understand that. But when she crossed over my transect the second time, I was like, all right, let's have a lesson here on how to use a compass. So, so that's, that's what's going on. Um, collegiate programs are, are not suited to teaching these actual field methods. There are some programs that are doing some of this stuff, like uh, Sonoma State has a really good program, but again, they're teaching sort of the nuts and bolts of CRM and the business of CRM and things like that. They're not teaching you, you know, how to dig straight walls in a unit unless you go to a field school that does that, right? They're not showing you what some of the, you know, how to assess or analyze a historic bottle necessarily. You need to do, you learn that on the field from your, your colleagues, you know, you learn it from them. So um, now moving from training just a little bit to certification and what we mean by that. So we don't want to just provide this training. Uh, and these are short videos, eight to 10 minutes long with a little quiz at the end. Um, we don't want to provide just this, these videos as a thing. We want to have some accountability for it. So. We're, we've just become very incredibly recently a uh, nonprofit 501c3. Um, I probably should have plugged this back in. Um, 501c3. And uh, so we're, we're not in this to make a million dollars. We need to make some money to keep it going, and certification is going to help us do that. But all of our videos are free on YouTube and on our website forever. If you want to just learn something about something, you can go there and watch it. If you want to be certified, and we're still working these terms out, but let's just, for a placeholder, we'll call it you know PCS level one certification. You can equate that to an archeological field technician. Um, you would take, you know, we'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later here, but um, it's just basically, you can think of it like a licensing program. You take the X number of courses and you're PCS level one certified, and you have to renew that on a, on an annual basis, you know, not all of it, but some of it, just to just to keep it going. So, uh, and you know, we're we're looking at different levels, like level one field technician, level two crew chief, level three project manager. Again, those aren't set in stone. That's just a, a placeholder right now for what we're thinking of. So, so let's get into uh, the current situation for that a little bit before I get uh, deeper into it. Like I said before, no one is really providing this service. Um, and uh, toward directly understanding every aspect of what we do as, uh, as field technicians and above. Um, and like I said before, the things you don't know, you know, how many people knew how to conduct a phase one pedestrian survey or shovel testing survey on the East Coast right when you got out of college? You probably had to learn that from somebody unless your field school happened to teach you that. Um, how many people knew how to identify and document an archeological site to begin with? Because again, your field school was probably working with a grad student on a pre-existing site or something like that. Um, understanding artifact classification, soil horizons, none of this is really taught as, you know, something specific that you need to know. So PCS wants to fill these gaps and provide the right training at the right time that you need it. Because again, 
I could go through a whole four-year education and a bachelor's degree and learn something, even if they taught me how to use the screen in like my second year, am I gonna remember that three years later because I never did it ever again? So, although we all know it's not that hard. So, let's move through this a little bit here, get on time. So anyway, we're, we're coming here to where our goals are to have equal training standards for everybody, not just, you know, if you went to school here, you know this, if you went to school here, you know this. Everybody can have, be on an equal footing all across the country. Um, kind of think of it as the matrix of archaeology. We can't quite plug into the back of your skull just yet and teach you how to fly a helicopter, but that's what we want to do. So um, maybe someday. We're not discounting that possibility. Uh, you know, really leveling the playing field, which is the democratization of education, um, accessible to everyone, um, and sort of demystifying the process of field work. Uh, and therefore, by doing all that, bringing everybody up, you know, a rising tide raises all ships kind of thing, and bring everybody up and improving our, um, our field standards across the board. So let's look at it a little bit. As new standards develop, uh, uh, as, as these new standards develop and we, we train everybody in the same way, we're hoping that um, everything will improve, like I mentioned. Uh, multidisciplinary training, we're planning on moving into biology, paleontology, geology, and beyond. You know, whatever needs this service and currently doesn't have something like that, we want to bring on experts to help us develop those courses for people and so they can come here and get that training. And honestly, I mean, uh, there's people, especially in like Utah, where it would be very beneficial for archaeologists to have a lot of paleontological knowledge. You know, and where can they get that without going and getting another degree or picking up a book off of Amazon, like I said. So cross-training is really big. So an example, again, none of this is set in stone yet, but it's about where we're thinking. Um, level one training, you're looking at 40 to 50, 10 minute approximate videos, plus or minus two minutes, which would generally include, think of it like your typical coursework. You'll have like your, your 35 or so core videos, which are applicable nationwide. You're talking about regulations, some of the big stuff that everybody needs to know. And then we'll have a regional component to it that you can pick right off the bat for your certification. Again, you can go in any time and take other videos and lessons and get more specifications and in increase your profile, basically, and, and what you can do. Um, but you would pick a regional specification. Uh, and then I, I have up here five electives because uh, some things like, you know, maybe you want to know about, uh, you know, using a total station or a trimble or something like that. We can add those classes and you can kind of fill that out. Um, for the little quizzes at the end, uh, you know, we're talking about something simple, 10 to 15 question quizzes. You have to get 100%, but you can take it as many times as you want until you get 100%. So, um, and then you would recertify every year. And again, we're looking at that. We don't expect people to take, go watch 50 videos again every year and do that um, and renew their certification, but there will, be, there will be a certification process. And maybe some of that stuff that's common knowledge that you would take every year will say, you know, you, need, you only need to learn this every four years or something like that. But this particular thing over here, you go learn that every year. I'll use an example for myself, um, total station. Every time I go to use a total station, I gotta relearn that damn thing because uh, it go, you, know, you go two years in between every time you use it, especially working out here. It's all survey and very little excavation. You know, every time I go to use it, I've got to like, find a manual or look on YouTube or something and say, how do I do that again? How do I set that up? You know, pretty much getting it now, but that's a good example. And if I just had a quick, a quick tutorial and a place to go watch that, um, and this is why we would ask for that. So if somebody's you know, coming up into April, new field season, and uh, there's a, it's an excavation, they can go quickly watch a PCS video on using a total station when they apply for that job. They can put that down. The employer can go to our website, verify 
you know, their profile, what classes have they taken, when did they last take them, are they current, say, oh yeah, you just did a little bit of training on Total Station, so you'll be great for this, I don't need to teach you how to use it. So that's our thought anyway. We're still working about a lot of these details, and we're taking any input from people who have other ideas on this. So um, cost on this is uh, free, like I mentioned. All the videos are free. Probably shouldn't have clicked that. But anyway, all the videos are free. Um, if you want to just watch them and learn something. Certification will have a nominal fee. And again, we're working that out. But we're looking at something, we're looking at scalability here. So we're hoping a lot of people adopt this so we can keep the cost low. But we're talking about an annual certification fee as low as $50 for field techs and as high as maybe 100, 150 for levels above that. But again, we got to look at what it costs to actually operate this and what other kind of funding we can get in. Because being a 501c3 under the Center for Digital Archaeology, by the way, um, being a 501c3, we're hoping that eventually we can gain some federal funding and defray a lot more of those costs. So we just want people to learn stuff and be better archaeologists, and we don't want to have them to pay for another degree for that privilege. So this is just the, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg on this, um, we're, which is why I have that graphic that you can probably barely see. Um, I know this projector is terrible. But anyway, the, the sky's the limit from here. On our website right now, pcscourses.com, we have three primary tabs because we have, a, we have a grander vision for this. So we have our videos. Again, you can just watch those. You don't have to log in, do anything. You just go in there and watch them. Um, we also have resources. So we have all the addresses to different state shippos. We've got other, other address uh, resources on there, a whole bunch of different things on there. Um, a lot of different conferences across the country, things that people will find um, you know, handy to have right there. And also we have a job posting board. Um, and re the reason we kind of threw that in was because we, we don't, unlike say shovel bumps and arc field work, the two primary job posting places right now for CRM archeologists, we don't just let job posts go up on the, on the job board without any sort of regulation. Um, we take the job post in and they actually fill out a form, a required elements of, you know, form that, that says, what are the details of the job? And we present that to people to, so they can see the job post, they see all the pertinent details about the job first. Um, the phrase, pay is commensurate with experience, is banned because we want to know what the pay scale is, okay? Because that's what field techs want to know. That's what archaeologists want to know. And, and things like that. So it's pretty strict. If you want to post on that job site, you know, uh, you'll pay $50 to post on the site across the board. Um, there's no other pay structure. And uh, it will be a really good quality job post that people can deal with and they can handle and they, they will enjoy. And the whole fantastic blurb about how awesome your company is, while that may be true, is kind of at the end. So if they want to see that, they can still see that. So um, that's it. And this is the last presentation. So if anybody has any questions, I'd be willing to answer those. Yes? I think you're running into two walls here. Yes? One is the National Historic Preservation Act, and the second is professional qualifications of the advisory council. Right. Those are two things you're going to run into. Unfortunately, right. universities have not done a good job Right. Well, and that's that's a good point. And I, f I forgot to really bring up RPA because um, people tell us, well, isn't RPA kind of doing certification? I was like, no, the RPA is a, a list of people with master's degrees in archaeology. <laughs> I mean, that's really that's really what it is. They do they do some advocacy advocacy stuff, you know, in Washington. They do they have the whole grievance procedure and things like that, but they're not a certification program and they're not a training program. While they do do like other like ACRA and uh, SAA and, and SHA, they do have 
little webinars and things like that occasionally, but it's more towards continuing education and it's relatively random. And most of the time it's not even free for members. You still have to pay for it. So um, this is something entirely different. We're not trying to compete with anyone. We're trying to be next to them and just come up and say, listen, you can do all these things, but also do this too if you want to just be a better archaeologist and get that going. So that's our hope. So we're not hoping to run up against any any walls because we're running up next to those walls. <laughs> so that's, that's what our hope is. So any other questions? Yes? How would you pitch to the yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that's the thing too. We're hoping that this this grows from the ground up, that, that uh, we can get field technicians on board with you know, at the very least with saying, you know, I want to improve my situation for, for um, you know, my higher ability for getting a job, right? So if you have more bullet points on your CV under the education tab and you point that out during the interview and you say, listen, I've done all this, and then employers start saying, well, I think we need to check this out. We're seeing it on more and more things. And then, you know, we'll provide packages to employers that want to have like a corporate deal so they can provide training to their own employees and say, hey, go in and take this and this and this. And, and then, eventually even require, you know, now now the job posting says bachelor's degree, field school, PCS level one, you know, with a regional specification. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com dot com